You've heard the story. How well do you know the author? The one behind the story, who knows you and calls you by name. How do you learn about this one who is shrouded in mystery? Each name of God in scripture provides important brush strokes, each with its distinctive hues and lines that ultimately combine to provide a compelling and beautiful picture of the one true God. But be prepared. It will totally change what you think about God, and it will change your life. Hey, good morning. Someone's laughing. You see someone in a hospital bed and you start laughing? Is that what happens? Now, my name's Luke. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, usually over at our Edgewood campus. Good to be with you today. You know, I've been, uh, I've actually been preaching a lot lately, not necessarily here. I was doing some traveling uh, about a week ago in Minnesota. I was doing a week of camp. I was a speaker every night there, and then I, I preached at the church I grew up in, and it's just wearing me out. And I figured, man, I've got to lay down. I've got to lay down for this one. I can't take it. No. Um, this is a hospital bed, and I am in this bed today by choice. It's, uh, it's not medically necessary for me at this time. Uh, now, I have been before. I've been in a bed like this before both uh, in the hospital and uh, in, in my own living room. And uh, I, I guess you probably have too. Most of us have maybe been in a bed like this before. Maybe not all of us, but you've probably been uh, hurt in, in some way before or, or injured or sick. I mean, we've all been sick. We've all been uh, you know, slowed down by an illness or uh, under the weather or had to sit out of gym class with an injury at some point, right? It's, it's common to us all. Pain and suffering, we all... Um, have to experience it. it. Now, it's not a part of life that we cherish. We don't enjoy uh, this reality about life. I mean, aside from today, I would never choose to sit in a hospital bed. And, and I'm sorry to kind of you know, start in heavy on you right away, but I, I know that for some of you, the, the image of someone in a bed like this is, is probably a painful one. You can remember when you were around the bed of someone you love. Whether it was a long ago, it's probably still fresh in your mind. It could be as fresh or as recent as even this week. All of us know what this scene is like. I remember when I was uh, 16 and my youngest sister was diagnosed with cancer. She was four, four years old. I remember visiting her in her hospital room and coming in and seeing her in this big bed, tiny little head popping out of the top of the sheets. And I, I, mean, I couldn't even look at her. I just, I just was gonna, couldn't keep my composure. So I kind of came in the room and skirted around the bed and went over by the window, just kind of stared out the window the whole time we were there, not really participating in what was going on in the room. And then eventually it was time to leave. And uh, I was ready to just walk right past the bed and on out the door. But my dad redirected me, say goodnight to your sister. You know, I, didn't even, I didn't even want to look at her. But I did, and I did break down. Just, just lost, you know, and I'm, I'm 16 years old, uh, kind of a jock, you know, not real uh, comfortable uh, expressing my emotions, not very experienced at doing it, just don't know what to say, just know that this isn't, this isn't right. This, this, this stinks. This, this, it's not, not good. 
And, and I don't care how uh, comfortable you are with your emotions or how adept you are at expressing your feelings. All of us, when we, when we get in moments like this, it breaks you down. When you have to stare at it, when, when you have to experience pain and suffering, we just know that this isn't right. This, this, this stinks. This is not what we want. Whether we know how to express it or not. If you've lived long enough in this world, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's the, the experience that we all have when we're in a bed like this or we're around a bed like this, pain and suffering, it affects us all. Maybe not all to the same degree, but it's common to us all. And I've noticed that there's something else that's just as common, or, or at least close. And it's that, that when we are in or around a bed like this, when, when we or, or someone we love is suffering, we all look for something that, that will relieve that suffering. When, when we're sick, we look for a cure. When we're injured, we need to find someone that can heal us. And it's not just that we go to the medicine cabinet or look for a doctor or a nurse or scour this world for something that can help us, which almost all of us do. But what I've noticed to be almost universally true is that, that almost everyone on the planet, when they get in a situation like this, they also go searching for help beyond this world, for, for help from above. Right? Now, church folks, of course we do it. Right? We're well-conditioned to do that. When you're sick, you ask God to heal you. Every week around here, we draw attention to the welcome card, invite people to write a prayer requests down, and those are turned in and, and uh, collated, and people are faithful in praying for those. This is last week's prayer list, you know, 21 pages, eight-point font. And you probably know the kinds of things that, that are listed on here. Most of it is, is prayers for healing of some sort, broken bodies, broken hearts, grieving over the loss of a loved one. Broken uh, relationships, family turmoil, going on, God, can you heal this? Is there any help I can get from above with what I'm dealing with here? But it's not just church people that do that. No, I mean, I mean e even someone who hasn't darkened the door of a church since, you know, they, they can't even remember. But, but, but when they are in a situation like this, somehow, sometimes, or, or something in them tells them that they should seek help from above. Forever uncomfortable or resistant a person might be to, to God talk when, uh, when life is just going great. When they find themselves in a situation like this, boy, they're a lot more open to it. Even they too will find themselves seeking God's help in a time like this. Or even when, when, when tragedies strike, and we hear about them all the time, unfortunately. Whether it's the Boston Marathon or 9-11 or, or a tsunami in Japan, you, we hear the news coverage, there's media everywhere, and in, even a newscaster will say on live television something like, our thoughts and prayers go out to those people. Or, or uh, some celebrities being interviewed about the whole thing, and inevitably they'll say the same thing. Our thoughts and prayers are with those people. Or it's a local survivor be, being interviewed, and they're uh, looking at the tragedy around them, and then they, they look into the camera, they, they beg the world, please, what? pray for us. Our world has been turned upside down. Bodies are broken. Lives are lost. Thing, things are, are in chaos. Pray that someone would fix it. Pray that we would be healed. When, when we get in, in situations of crisis, when, when what is happening to us is beyond us, then there is something in us that tells us that we ought to look for help from beyond us. Something turns our attention heavenward. We're not content to think that, that we have everything that we need uh, to heal us. Even if we've got the best doctors in top-notch facilities and the state-of-the-art technology, something in us tells us that it would also be a good idea to look for help from the heavens when we get in situations like this. 
Something calls us to look for help from above. But what's up there? Who's up there? Is anything up there? And what is it about what's up there that causes nearly everyone on the planet to seek help from above when they find themselves in a bed like this? Well, whoever it is, it's someone who's also known as God. We have been uh, trying to find out more about this one also known as God in this series, going each week through his, his different names, and he has many different names that, that, uh, through which he reveals himself to us. He is the great I Am. He is, uh, he is our Father. He is our Provider. He is the All-Sufficient One. He is the God who sees us and knows our story. Every week we have outlined a different name. And today in the final week of our series, it's not the final name for God that, that is recorded in the Bible, but it is the last one that we'll talk about. And we meet the one who in the book of Exodus chapter 15 says to his people, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Or in Hebrew, I am Yahweh Rapha. Everybody say Yahweh Rapha awake today the God who heals the God who heals you also that's why everybody calls on him when they find themselves in a time of crisis he brought it upon himself that that's who he is and, and we've said in this series that we don't want to just know about God we don't just learn a thing about him but we want to really know God we want to have a real encounter with God and I think I speak for all of us when I say that that is especially true in this case. We long to have a real encounter with the God who heals. Suffering, suffering is all too real for all of us, and we want to really know Yahweh Rapha. God heals. It's one of the, the most central things that, that you would learn about God as you read the Scriptures. One of His central characteristics. In Psalm 147, it says, God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Amen. Yes, God, we want that to be true about God. In Jeremiah, God is speaking to people. They've been violently overtaken. World turned upside down, mourning over their city, which lies in ruins. But God says, nevertheless, I will bring health. I will bring healing to it. I will heal my people. I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Amen. Yes, God. Praise God. Make it so, God. He's a God of, of power. For, for He holds life and death in His hands, proclaiming in Deuteronomy, See, now look, I am He. There is no God beside me. I put to death and I bring to life. I have wounded and I will heal. No one can deliver out of my hands. In matters of life and death, when life hangs in the balance, we, we want to, to call upon Him. He is the one that, that deserves our attention, that, that nearly universal response to reach for God in times of crisis. Whether we know these scriptures or we've read the Bible at all, somehow we know it's true that God heals. We want that to be true about God. We need that to be true about God. And the Bible says, it is. For he is the one who is also known as Yahweh Rapha, the one who heals you. Some of us know this to be true. 
not, not just because of what we've read in the Bible, but be, we know that it's true because God has, has healed us. We know it, it personally. We've, we've seen it or we, we've witnessed God's healing of, of someone that we love. We, we remember it. He, he met us right there and healed us. He fixed what was broken, cured what was ill. Or we remember a time when he mended what was broken or torn in our marriage or another relationship. He bound up our broken heart. If we went around this room, I know we could tell some stories of Yahweh Rapha. But I also know something else. And it, it, it's that the talking about God's healing, uh, it's not easy. There's some mystery to it. Because even while we know what we know from the Scriptures, and, and perhaps from what we've, what we've experienced, there are also other things that we've experienced, and maybe a lot of them. And there are other things that we know, and, and maybe a lot of things that cause us to wonder uh, about this God who is also known as Yahweh Rapha. You know, we've heard that God is the one who heals, but, but our thoughts are challenged by so much around us that is not healed. It's, it, it's not healed. It, and, and it could be a very personal thing for us right now. Maybe we've been writing things on that prayer list for months and months, and well, there doesn't seem to be any healing. Or we remember when we prayed and prayed to Yahweh Rapha for, for grandpa or mom or spouse or a child, and we did not get the healing that we hoped for. This, we read the scriptures like Jeremiah 30 says, I will restore you to health. I will heal your wounds, declares the Lord. But it doesn't seem like God's talking to us. We, we read about Jesus healing all kinds of people. The Bible says people brought to Jesus all who were ill, various diseases, those suffering with severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. But he didn't heal the one that you brought to him. Or he hasn't healed you. And even those of us who, who can tell stories of healing, even we have to, to reckon with the tragedies that happen all around us, that, that we see on the news or, or that we see in person. Even if our suffering has been relieved, we know that there's so much more out there. And so, even as we seek God, we have questions about Him. Even though it might be natural for us to look for help from above, if we're honest, we have doubts about whether or not that does any good. I mean, right? Am I crazy here? I mean, am I crazy to, to assume that, that nearly all of this is universal? That, that one, suffering affects us all. That one, when we suffer, we look for relief from God, whoever or whatever we think He is. And three, we have questions about the very God we seek. Questions like, why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why am I suffering? Why is there suffering? If you have the power to heal, why don't you, God? I've read stories about Jesus' healings. He healed a woman and said, your faith has healed you. He healed a man and said, your faith has healed you. Do I not have enough faith? We wonder things like this, don't we? We have questions about this one who is also known as God. He introduces himself to us as Yahweh Rapha. It's right there on his name tag. 
it's, it's printed on his resume. But, but we kind of bring some baggage with us that, that causes us to question if that's really who he is. It's kind of like when you, uh, when you meet another person. It's someone that you've heard things about from other people. Okay, it's someone, maybe you, you've met them before in the past or you're just meeting them for the first time and other people have told you things about this person. They, they've expressed some of their uh, opinions about them and, and all different kinds of things that started to influence your thinking and you've begun to draw some conclusions and, and spark some questions in your head and you kind of bring all of that with you as you finally go to shake their hand. Or it's like what, uh, for a lot of you, I'll bet, was uh, kind of like your first experience coming to Mountain. Before you ever came here, you heard things and you saw things and you had questions about this place and you formed some opinions about what this church was and then when you finally came through the door, you, you brought all that with you. And so today we just want to be honest about all that we bring with us when we meet Yahweh Rapha. The questions, the, the doubts, the hopes, the stories that, that we have because they're real if we're going to have a real encounter with the real God, then those, those things are not to be hidden. And you know where it gets the most real? It's right here. <laughs> right here. Th th this is where the questions come with the most intensity. This is where the pain r runs deep, and so does so our desire to know why. From the deepest part of our being, it's a gut cry. When we come face to face with suffering, that's what we do. When I, when I said a minute ago that everyone suffers, and everyone looks for relief from God, and everyone has questions about that God, that's not just common to you and I, it's common to those who wrote the Bible. They too know what it's like to be right here. And they don't hold back their questions. They're, they're crying out in the midst of their pain. You just read the Psalms. You'll hear their voices. You'll hear their questions. The same ones that you and I are asking. Psalm 10, why? Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 13, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Psalm 44 speaks brazenly to God. Awake, Lord. Why do you sleep? Get up. Rouse yourself. Don't reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? There's a whole book called Lamentations. Sound like a fun one? Yeah. No. This is written from right here. And from the depths, it cries out, why do you forget us forever, God? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Job, you may have heard his story before. He knows what it's like to be here. Possessions stripped from him, family taken, body wasting away. It drives himself to the point where he just says straight up to God, why did you even bring me out of the womb? I wish I died before anyone ever saw me. If you've ever sunk to that place, then you are among the company of those who wrote the Bible. Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, greatest church planter that, that ever lived, he wrote most of, or a bunch of what we have as the New Testament. He had a zeal for God that was unmatched, but he too knew suffering. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Pleading. 
questioning, even accusing, begging the, the one who is known as Yahweh Rapha, why won't you do something to help me here? How long do I have to wait? God, God, are you sleeping? Can't you see that I need you? All of us, when, when we get here, these are the kinds of things that build up inside of us. And if we're honest enough and courageous enough, these are the kinds of things that we speak out loud to God. Some of us maybe feel like we're here right now. Perhaps a heavy heart weighs you down as you sit in your place today. Some of us might go right from this place to be around the bedside of someone that we love. Because of technology, I, I know that there are some who will be listening to this right now who aren't able to come to be with us at our gatherings. But you now sit in a place that you'd rather not be, hoping to hear from Yahweh Rapha. Some are suffering emotionally. They're deal dealing with the, the pain and the strain of in, in relationships with, with our parents or with our kids. Some of us feel like our marriage is on life support. These things that are supposed to be good and beautiful and filled with life, that they're broken and, and they hurt. The way we experience the world, it's like, it's like an old suitcase. We've had it for years and lugged our stuff around everywhere in it, but now the handle's cracked and it hurts just to hold it. It pinches our skin and sort of digs into our palm. We want to use it the way that it was designed to be used, but it inflicts pain on us. Just, it doesn't work like, it was, like it's supposed to. No, not, not everywhere we go, it pinches and hurts whenever we make a move. It, it's broken. world's broken. It, it doesn't work like it was designed. Our marriage, it's complicated. Kids break our hearts. Our teeth fall out. Our organs fail. Our loved ones die. We get abused. Disasters ruin everything we know. The world's broken. You know it. I know it. People who wrote the Bible know it. And all of us kind of look around at God and say, what, what do you have to say for yourself? You made it. It's broken. What do you have to say for yourself? And to that question, the one who is also known as God has responded. And he's responded in different ways down through the ages. He's not left himself without a testimony. Sometimes he looks back at us and says, You broke it. I know it hurts. I, I told you it was going to hurt if, if you didn't live the way that I designed for you to live. I created life. I know how it works best. That's why in my wisdom, which is far superior to yours, I set boundaries for you and gave you instructions because I know that beyond those limits, injury awaits you. You chose the path that leads to destruction. It's the path that was chosen way back in the beginning. And it's been well-traveled ever since. Just as, as you and I find our voice in, and can relate to the sufferers of the Bible, I, I think we can also relate to them when they are nursing self-inflicted wounds. That too is common to us all. 
In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, God is, is speaking to people who suffer because of their unfaithfulness, because of their insistence on seeking life and fulfillment from, from things that are not God. God lays it all out. He, he says, you worship your idols. Oh, you have great passion. You care very much for that beneath all oaks and every green tree. They've led you to even sacrifice your children down in the valleys. You've committed adultery on every high mountain. There you've worshipped idols and been unfaithful to me. You grew, it's made you all very tired. You grew weary in, in your search for idols, but you never gave up. Let's see if your idols can save you when you cry to them for help. You brought it upon yourself, says God. Your broken lives are your own doing. What do you have to say for yourself? And as we realize, we, we don't have much to offer in response. God offers some honest expression of his own. He says, I was angry. I punished these greedy people. I withdrew from them, but they kept on going their own stubborn way. I've seen all of it. And in a surprising change of events, he says, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort those who mourn, bringing words of praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace. This is God who's watched all this happen, now wishing this upon His people. May they have abundant peace, both near and far, says the Lord who heals them. Can God heal wounds that are self-inflicted? You bet. D does God redeem people even when they're bent on destroying themselves? Yes, He is Yahweh Rapha, the God who heals. He restores, He gives life, He brings peace even when it's undeserved. I don't know about you, but I need to hear that today. E even the brokenness that I've caused, cannot stop God from healing. He heals even when I don't deserve it. That is, that is good news. But, but yet there, there's something that nags at us and we wonder, what, what about suffering that is undeserved? I mean, I mean, if there is such a thing. It seems like, that, it seems like there is. I mean, what, what about the pain that is inflicted on us at the hands of others? When, when we're abused. Abandoned. What about when we're caught in the crosshairs of other people's evil intent? What about when calamity strikes? Freak accidents or acts of God as they're called. When a tree falls on a kid at a Christian camp. And there is a, probably a fuller discussion that needs to happen and a different time for that uh, to talk about that perpetually haunting question that often gets phrased in this way, why do bad things happen to good people? And we've preached on that before uh, and will preach on it again. We don't have time for a full uh, treatment of that now, but, but can we know for now? Can we know for now? What does Yahweh Rapha have to say to that? And he has much to say, but perhaps the most important thing that he says is, here I am. Pointing to Jesus. He, here I am. All, all thoughts about suffering really have to be brought to Jesus. Yahweh in the flesh. Jesus. God said, here I am. 
We, we recognize Jesus to be the same one as, as Yahweh Rapha. Healing was a, a chief part of his repertoire. The, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said. The Spirit of the Lord, of Yahweh Rapha, is, is now upon me, and he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted and set the oppressed free. Preaching the good news that God's kingdom was here, and then, and then proving it through healing what evil had wrecked. That, that was Jesus' M.O. That's what he did. For a woman who was bleeding internally for 12 years, having spent all her money on doctors to no avail in desperation, she sought out Jesus. And she was healed just by touching the hem of his garment. For a woman who was hunched over for 18 years, hobbling around, Jesus set her straight in a good way. A paralyzed man whose existence was relegated to a mat for 38 years. Finally, Jesus walked his way and he told him to pick up his mat and start walking too. A blind man shouting on the side of the road, annoying everyone else there in the crowd. They all told him to pipe down. But Jesus heard his cry and restored his sight. And the stories just go on. Those are only four of a countless number of healings performed by Jesus. For the Bible says Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And the response of the people, it says the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind seeing. So, so we know God can heal. He can reverse the curse of this broken world, and He wants to. He wants to do it. He has a plan to put it all back together again. That's the message that he was trying to get across in Jesus. That's the talk he was talking. And he was walking the walk. All of the ailments that attack us, the disasters that strike us, God can heal all of that. He is powerful enough and he is willing. And in the midst of a world filled with unjust suffering, he ultimately responds by saying, look at the cross. See what happened there. You need to look at things through the lens of the cross. For it's there that we witness the one who made the world good and perfect, only to have it wrecked by the ones to whom he entrusted it. We see that one subject, subjecting himself to the worst brutality this, ha this world has to offer unjust suffering if there is such a thing there it is as a truly innocent man carries his cross toward his execution the one to whom we all turn when life puts us here is now right here with us in the place feeling our pain voicing our questions my god my god why have you forsaken me he knows he knows what it's like to be here. He knows the questions that we ask. He knows the predicament that we're in, the bruises that we bear, the blood that we shed. He's not aloof. He, he was hungry and he was homeless. He, he was abandoned. He was mistreated. He, he was subject as a victim to the evil agendas of other people, of people that he made and gave life to, and now there they are beating the life out of him. Though, though he did not inflict evil or, or suffering on anyone else, he, he absorbed all of the suffering, added all up in the world. He absorbed all of it. It was all placed on him. And he redeemed it. In a world that the natural order of things is out of whack, 
It is groaning as a woman groans in labor, the Bible says. Jesus, who died and rose again, says, I am making all things new. In a world where evildoers set themselves up against God and they antagonize others, wreaking havoc of all different kinds, Jesus says all evil will be punished. And Satan, the initiator of it all, he will be vanquished. In a world where we destroy ourselves and we're lost in our sin sickness, Jesus says, I have come to heal and to forgive and to restore and to bring back. In a broken world that has left everyone in pain, Jesus came in the flesh to say there is a new order of things being set up. It's a new kingdom. Right now you have a taste. Whenever you see healing and reconciliation and peace, you know that the kingdom has come to you. Count that as a down payment, for the whole thing is on its way. I have purchased it with my blood. By it I can guarantee a day when there will be no more crying or sadness or mourning or pain. There will be healing for the nations. Death itself will pass away. And you who who have sought out a God who seems hidden from you and distant from you, you will be brought near to God for He will be your God and you will be His people. The real you will be with the real God forever. Amen. When we ask our questions, And we must ask them. We all have them. But when we ask our question, God invites us to look for answers through the lens of the cross. And I got to thinking about that, and um, maybe it's kind of cheesy, but I, I had asked my friend, Gerald, he works with glass, if he could make me a sort of lens of a cross. You know, I thought of uh, a lens, like a magnifying glass, or you look through the lens of your glasses, uh, it helps you explore the world. When, when you're asking questions about the world and discovering it, you look through a magnifying glass to help you see the world better. Or you may have seen something like a stained glass cross. You, you've seen it set up in, in somebody's window as a decoration. And when you, when you look through the colored glass, it literally colors the way that you view the world. And the cross of Jesus and his empty tomb, it colors the way that, that we look at suffering And think about pain of all different kinds. Number one, we know that God intends to fix it. All all of it, the broken natural order, our broken bodies, our broken relationships, all of it. He showed that to us in in Jesus. He, He promises it to us in his word and we know we can trust him because by the cross he proved that he can bring life out of death. Nobody else can do that. A day is coming when there will be no more suffering. Whatever suffering we're experiencing is ultimately temporary, just as Christ was on the cross. And two, when when we ask why God, and we feel like suffering is unjust, God knows exactly what we mean. He he, uh, absorbed it. That's the way that God chooses to deal with unjust suffering. He, he, he grabbed the, the broken handle on the suitcase himself and said, I'm going to do something about it. He absorbed the pain that was inflicted. The scriptures say he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
The punishment that brought us peace was on Him, and by His wounds, we are healed. God's redeeming, healing work is not thwarted by suffering. It's it's just not. He can redeem suffering of the worst kind. He can heal what is terribly broken. He is living proof of that. So, in light of that, in light of the cross, trust Jesus. Trust Him for healing. The the nearly universal instinct to turn heavenward for healing, it's the right one. I mean, where else would you turn? From, From a headache to a hernia, to a hemorrhage, invite Yahweh's, Yahweh Rapha's healing work to manifest itself in you. Trust that, that the answer to the question, will you heal me, is yes. It is always yes. It is either yes now or later or ultimately. God, God is putting the world back together. It is a world that is in rebellion against God. People, we are. The unseen principalities and powers of this world are are at war with God, the Bible says. It also says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What God made good has become a battleground where we are often put in harm's way. But the Lord is in the fight. And He is doing something about it. He is fixing it. Healing comes from Him. It's what He wants. It's what He does. His answer is always yes. Remember the Apostle Paul when he said three three times, I asked, I pleaded for God to take away this thorn in my flesh, which we don't know what it was, but apparently it was very painful. And God's response wasn't, yes, now I'll take it away, but rather my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace will carry you through. I mean, Paul certainly had enough faith to be healed. I mean, if anyone did, he did. And he would have to continue to hold on in faith as God said, it will be enough for you that I give you the strength to endure. You just continue to trust me. Maybe that's what God is saying to you today. It's what he seems to be saying to my friend Ruth. I've known her for a long time. She's in her 60s. Rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis has uh, challenged her for most of her life. She certainly has enough faith to be healed. But for now... uh, she holds on to a prayer, to a, to a truth that is in the book of Lamentations. Of all things, amidst all of the crying and pain and questions, the book of Lamentations proclaims, and Ruth holds on to this, your mercies are new every morning. When we asked God to heal my little sister, his answer was yes, later. And now we have all lived long enough to see it realized. She is 21 years old and no cancer grows in her body. At the same time, I know of many who have had to accept from God the answer of yes, ultimately. As they have 
seeing cancer take the one they love uh, from this world into a place of ultimate healing. And now they're asking God to heal their broken heart, which is what we must do. It's what we must do. God's healing, yeah, there, there is a lot of mystery to it, but where else would we turn? We can get stuck in, in our questioning about why suffering exists and let it, let, us, uh, let it get us bitter and cynical about a brutal world or we can become overwhelmed with the mess that, that we've made. But, but we can't let all of that baggage keep us from getting to know the real God. He has proven Himself. No one can redeem suffering like He can. No one knows suffering better than He does. And no one has a better plan or more power to bring healing than he does. You can trust him. From a canker sore to cancer. From a disagreement to divorce. From diagnosis to death. Trust the one who is also known as Yahweh Rapha. For he is the one who heals you. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this truth. Thank you for the way that you reveal yourself to us. Thank you that you are indeed a God who heals us. We are here today uh, crying out to you, confessing that we need your healing touch. We thank you that unlike anyone or anything else, you can redeem what has been broken. God, we invite you to heal uh, the most broken parts of us. You know who we really are. You know what our struggles are. May we come to you honestly today with our questions, with our doubts, with our fears, and with our hopes and our trust in Yahweh Rapha. We thank you for an opportunity to open your word, to sing you praise today, whether in joy or in pain, through tears or through laughter. God, hear our voices now. It's in your name we pray. Amen.